0: Coming up on We Talk News this week, South Carolina Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace reintroduces her version of the state's reform act that is basically a cannabis legalization bill. We talk with Normals Morgan Fox exclusively to see if this bill has a chance of moving forward. Plus, New Jersey grants a social club license to a rapper, a radio personality, and a civil rights lawyer. And there are plans to open in 2024 in Newark, New Jersey. Hey, that's my birth city. Anyway, plus, Cheech and Chong are returning to Massachusetts with an infused beverage product, and a group of major players in the cannabis industry are suing U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland over interstate commerce and the restrictions of the Controlled Substances Act. All that and more on We Talk News next. Media. Hi everyone, welcome to We Talk News for this week, Pro Cannabis Media's weekly roundup of cannabis news from coast to coast. I'm PCM founder Jimmy Young in Massachusetts.
1: And I'm Karen Black in Arizona. Elena Pinto is off this week, so I'm going to help Jimmy with the news. Our top story this week is the refiling of the States Act in Washington, D.C. You might remember that Republican Congressperson Nancy Mace from South Carolina tried to get this done two years ago. A big difference this time around is that she has bipartisan support. PCM founder Jimmy Young and our D.C. correspondent Andrew Behringer talk with Normals Megan Fox about its chances this time around. Jimmy. Morgan, thank you so
0: much for joining us here on We Talk News on short notice. Um, The story that came out of Washington, D.C. was not just limited to a new House speaker, right? It is actually involving Nancy Mace, the Republican South Carolina congressperson who actually created the States Act for cannabis legalization two years ago. And that was more all Republicans and the Democrats didn't like it in this particular case and this time, uh, the congressperson has put together a bipartisan coalition that is endorsing her efforts. Is this going to make a difference, Morgan?
2: Well, uh, just to give you a little bit of a correction, the States Act was actually originally introduced uh, many years before uh, uh, Representative Mace became a congressperson. Uh, but in the previous session, she did introduce the States Reform Act. Uh, the current version has some tweaks to it. Uh, but in essence, it's still a descheduling bill that creates a uh, limited regulatory framework at the federal level uh, for cannabis to be able to help provide guidance for states, and it also sets one of the lowest tax rates for any of the comprehensive descheduling bills that we've seen so far. Uh, this is uh, a bipartisan measure. Um, we've lost some and gained some people uh, as co-sponsors since the last time around, but uh, I'm confident that it will continue to gain sponsors. Um, but Uh, I think this is also coming on the tails of the uh, um, uh, the MORE Act, which has already been approved in Congress along largely partisan lines uh, twice already. being reintroduced uh, a couple of months ago so um, it's great that we're seeing additional action when it comes to descheduling. and i also expect to see david joyce uh, reintroduce the uh, the states act in the coming months um, obviously the timing is going to be a little bit weird because of the fact that we have to avoid a government shutdown and there's a new speaker in place and there's all sorts of very interesting politics going on uh within the uh, the house of representatives uh but this is a bill that normal has uh, has supported in the past. We're happy to support it again. Um, but as you said, you know, we have a new speaker, and that speaker is not necessarily a friend of cannabis policy reform. Um <laughs> now will both, he go Andrew on and I, with, and both
0: Andrew and I shook our heads immediately when you mentioned that. Andrew. You, no. <laughs> you can you can ask Morgan about the new speaker. Go ahead. Angela. Well,
3: I mean, th- thanks for having me. And Morgan, uh, you know, I actually saw Representative May speak um, at uh, your friend, Mr. Justin Streckle's uh, cannabis uh, ref- um, meeting on 420 in the Capitol where she spoke. And it was it was really good to like hear her speak in person. Um, and I was very surprised to see a lot of the co-sponsors for this most updated um, bill, uh, including Matt Gates from Florida, because I mean, that state right off the bat is um, a lot of states need a lot of work, and it 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 should be interesting to see. Uh, I I tried to find the language of the bill. Um, if you're able to say any of the highlights right now, that would be great. But um, I think you were saying tax rate is what is it still three mm-hmm. percent? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I think it, we, we covered a lot the, of-
2: uh, the major points of it uh, already, but I, I should point out that uh, Matt Gates has been a longtime supporter of cannabis policy reform.
0: Morgan, again, thank you. Andrew, thank you. I do want to go back to Karen Black in our We Talk Newsroom studios. We do a dual anchor news this week, and she has our Arizona Cannabis Report.
1: I'm Karen Black from Greenfinger Consulting with the Arizona Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. First up, there seems to be a trend of companies leaving the Arizona market. Ayer Wellness departed back in February in Vex Sciences earlier this month. And now, Cresco Labs has made headlines by selling its only dispensary in Arizona to mint cannabis for $6.5 million. CEO Charlie Bechtel stated the company is prioritizing its assets with a greater path to scale. The move may reflect Arizona's stagnant growth, which has only seen a 2% increase since 2021. And it could also be related to the state's limited license structure, recent pay-to-play allegations, or perceived testing irregularities. Regardless, this marks the third high-profile departure this year, which is not a good sign. More bad news. Arizona and Aspergillus were used in the same sentence for the seventh time this year. Most recently, Curaleaf reported one of its batches failed testing because of the fungus and voluntarily pulled the plant and trim from its stores. Thankfully, there have been no reported illnesses linked to the contamination. In legal news, An Arizona drug case may be headed to the highest court in the land. Jason Smith was arrested in Yuma back in 2019 for possession of $50,000 of marijuana, along with other drugs of paraphernalia found on his father's property. Smith claims he had nothing to do with the drugs and was only there to care for his ailing father. The central issue in the case revolves around the confrontation clause and disputed expert testimony. We'll keep you posted as the case continues to unfold. That's this week's Arizona Cannabis Report. I'm Karen Black from Greenfinger Consulting, reporting for Weed Talk News.
0: In other states' news, a major announcement out of New Jersey with the awarding of a social consumption lounge license to a dynamic threesome. A rapper, a lawyer, and a radio personality are all teaming up for a consumption lounge in Newark, New Jersey set to open in 2024. Jill Goldsbury has more in her Garden State Report.
4: Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jill with with the New Jersey Report for We Talk News, and here's what's been going on. What happens when a rapper, a hip-hop radio personality, and a civil rights lawyer come together? Well, things get done. A social equity, uh, excuse me, a social consumption lounge license was given out recently to these three. And I'm talking about no other than Raekwon the Chef, Charlemagne the God and Bakari Sellers, civil rights attorney. The three of them are partners in Hashatoria, the Oregon-based dispensary lounge dispensary and lounge that is slated to land in Newark. It's already under construction, and now that they have the license, the dispensary is slated to open. I'm hearing January 2024, and it will open as a consumption lounge and a dispensary. So shout out to them and congratulations. Next on our list of things happening in New Jersey is the Equity Workshop Tour. This is a tour that brings together cannabis entrepreneurs and helps them maximize their time in this business. It's brought to you by the Minority Cannabis Business Associations. It's headed up by Mike Lomito of Down Mastery, and it is visiting many cities around the country. So check the uh, LinkedIn for your city to find out where you can catch them next. Special speakers that were invited to the New Jersey edition included Jessica Gonzalez, Esquire, and Tahir Johnson, of Simply Pure. And I have to say that the Hudson County, the Jersey City edition was held at Hudson County Community College. Lots of people attended. I was there myself. And definitely got some great information out of it. And if you're looking for some high quality luxury CBD goods, check out Gotham Dispensary on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. I got an invite to check them out and check out their brand new luxury, item, luxury body items that came in. This CBD lotion and many other products that you can find there. So check that out. The space is retail and for events. They have an upstairs space that's great that they are using for panels and event spaces. Guests were able to check out the actual retail shop, try some infused goodies, and take home a couple of pieces from the collection to try out ourselves. So I'm Jill Goldsberry with We Talk News New Jersey, the New Jersey edition. Thanks for watching. See you next week.
0: In other states news new mexico is starting to feel home growing pains in their cannabis market it seems that some businesses in that state have not paid taxes on their sales that state's department of revenue and taxation sent out just under 200 tax bills this past summer and while 100 paid them there are still 80 outstanding, and now regulators are going to go after them one at a time. I mean, doesn't anybody pay their bills on time in this industry? Another state with tax and regulatory challenges is, of course, New York. Pam Schmiel keeps an eye on that state and New York City in her weekly report. I'm Pam Schmiel with the New York Cannabis Report for
5: Weed Talk News. Jamal George, a New York City butt- tender at a local dispensary, was recently stopped for a traffic violation and hauled off to the notorious Rikers Island jail when it was discovered that he had a warrant for his arrest for a marijuana possession in Pennsylvania. George has been held at Rikers Island for over a week now, awaiting extradition to Pennsylvania for where he's facing a felony charge of possession with the intent to distribute marijuana. A GoFundMe account has been set up to to challenge these charges and has already raised over $10,000. And New York State Senator Brad Hoylman recently told the New York Post that lawmakers are concerned that the fast-growing smoke shops selling illegal cannabis products around New York City, and there are thousands of them, may be a source of cash for Middle Eastern terror groups. Senator Hoylman also said it wouldn't surprise him if there were individuals or groups of individuals who are financing these shops in a comprehensive manner. He said a bill was passed by the New York legislature in June that requires businesses to report their owner's true identity, which includes name, address, and birth year. To that will hopefully shed light on these accusations. And for some good news, Cornell University, located in upstate New York, has been at the forefront of hemp research and instrumental in providing New York farmers with the best knowledge and solutions for growing cannabis in New York soil has just been given a $2.3 million grant to continue their good work. Hemp has been the potential for hundreds of food and industrial applications and can be a major cra- cash crop for the U.S. That's this week's New York Cannabis Report.
0: I'm Pam Schmiel with Weed Talk News. MJ Biz Daily is one of the most respected media outlets for the industry and this week they released their annual report on diversity, equity and inclusion in the cannabis industry. Now, women have finally made it back into the C-suite positions in a big way and have 39% of executive-level positions, while racial minorities are at 24%. Both signify a conscious effort by the industry to be more inclusive, and now those percentages are more in line with where the industry was before the pandemic getting big-name celebrities to endorse a brand always helps with initial sales in any state and now it looks like michigan will be welcoming a brand that really needs no explanation it's the legendary willie nelson here's amy carter with that
6: i am amy carter from michigan weedsters with this week's michigan cannabis report for Weed talk news willie nelson launches his popular cannabis brand in michigan Aardvark Industries is also handling Cheech's Stash, a brand created by comedian and actor Cheech Marin. Beginning Wednesday, Willie's Reserve will be available in more than 15 dispensaries statewide. Willie's Reserve is known for producing potent strains that are cultivated by small local growers. I know personally, I can't wait to try it. Thanks, Willie. In other news, Michigan's governor signed two bills into law that would allow Native American tribes in the state to form compacts to regulate and tax marijuana. The legislation also permits tribal and state licensed operators to sell cannabis to one another. Governor Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer signed Senate Bill 179 and 180 into law October 19th, according to legislature records. That's Michigan's Cannabis Report for this week. I'm Amy Carter with Michigan Weedsters reporting for Weed Talk News.
1: Last week, we told you about a major merger of two cannabis business associations in the state of Oregon. This week, they are both working on making an immediate impact on changes to the established rules in that state. Here's Marianne Kursagi. I'm Marianne from
7: Alibi with this week's Oregon Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Rulemaking is in full swing, as the industry has until October 31st to submit public comment for proposed rule changes from the OLCC. There are a number of important changes, including creating a state testing lab and creating a framework for auditing post- potency. The potency auditing proposal is especially concerning. The OLCC will have the ability to audit packages from shelves and test them themselves to determine if... Their potency matches the potency on the original lab report. As more and more data emerges, it's becoming clear that THC is not the primary determinant in user experience and naturally degrades over time. So this focus on potency is concerning. It appears to be another way for regulators to assign malfeasance to operators. Next, another new regulation is around water sources. The OLCC is wanting to require a compliance certificate from the state water agency in order to renew licenses. This seems to be another unnecessary burden placed on licensees. Jackson County's Assistant watermaster said this week that there is already a drop in water violations due to education of licensees and legal enforcement against illegal grows. And finally, as mentioned last week, ASTM International is updating and creating standards for cannabis cultivation and manufacturing. Oregon's industry is participating and voting on these standards. Anyone who is interested in shaping the future of cannabis standards is welcome to participate. Check out astmcannabis.org. That's the Oregon Cannabis
1: Report for this week. I'm Marianne with Alibi. Five years ago on October 17th, Canada became the first G7 nation to legalize cannabis for sale to adults. To mark that anniversary, a report came out this week on how Canadians feel about the growth of the legal cannabis market. Debbie Facey has more in our Canadian cannabis report.
8: This is Debbie with We Talk News, your Canadian correspondent with this week's Canadian talk. So what we have this week is Tilray deciding to go from the regular plastic to a more recycled plastic made out of hemp. Some of, their comp- some of their brands are going to be converted into these new containers. And we're going to see how the rollout goes because that will be a beautiful way to be able to start up a new recyclable and yet better way to be able to contain our cannabis, especially for the environment. Next, what we have is... The farm gates in BC and most of the licensors have not applied for a license to be able to open up a farm gate, which is a micro grow within a dispenser within a dispensary so a store. BC isn't necessarily as surprised as well as the rest of the Canadians due to the fact that there are so many laws and regulations that need to be changed and haven't necessarily been looked at and haven't been changed in the process. And last but not least. Another recall has been found, and that is due to some of the lodgings that we have on the market with the misplacing of the labels of the 10 milligrams. We are finding that a lot of these products are being not only mislabeled, but misled by most of the ingredients inside, which means the content of cannabis, which is causing a stir here in Canada. This is Debbie Fasey, your Canadian correspondent with We Talk News with the Canadian Talk of the Week.
0: It looks like Switzerland will be the first European country to establish a legal adult use market for cannabis. The health authority in that country approved the establishment of legal sales to adults at dispensaries, but will do it on a pilot or experimental basis. That experiment will research 3,950 healthy adults who will be able to take part in this study. The results will be pivotal in determining the future of legal adult sales of cannabis in Switzerland. No such issue in Missouri, where our correspondent there, Brandon Jones, always has an interesting perspective on that market. Now, last week, we told you that a Minnesota investment group was reaching out to a Missouri business to help grow in that new market of Minnesota. But now, legislators there are holding up approval of that until the Missouri company, HY35, is approved for a growing license in that state. Here's Brandon Jones with more from the Show Me State Sponsored by Baker
9: Brands. Hey
3: everybody, it's Brandon Jones with b distribution with Missouri Cano Support for We Talk News. Sponsored by Baker Brands. And that's right, we found there's going to be a little bit of a hiccup before they can actually get their license to be able to go into the, the Minnesota market. And one of the things that's really crazy about Minnesota, if you're not, not really aware of it yet, the events they have there, they're going to allow cannabis sales if you have a permit for license holders. So the events there are going to be crazy as far as cannabis sales in the state of Minnesota. I know a little bit of why the states of Missouri or other people are trying to get into Minnesota. That's going to be a huge change in events now? you can actually sell cannabis. And speaking of events, notice here I'm in St. Louis at the office, one of the consumption lounges going on here in St. Louis. There's only three or four of them. But this is one of my favorites. Downtown is actually just a little way away from the arch of the soccer Stadium down here. And I'm down here because Method Man's brand, Tikal is launching in Missouri at Biola, right across from the stadium. And in Kansas City at the same time, the Creep Show was going on both Friday and Saturday. So lots of events, lots of people trying to get into Missouri to find a way to get a part of this market. And we're very excited for Halloween and Halloween events all over the state. So I'm Brandon Jones with Preview Distribution with the Missouri Cannabis Report, where we talk news. Stay educated and medicated. Have a great week.
0: Brandon Jones' Missouri Cannabis Report is brought to you by Baker Brands, a curated B2B marketplace for head shops and dispensaries.
1: So with Mike Johnson voted in as the new Speaker of the House, What impact did that have on cannabis stocks this week? Doug Miller is our guy who is high on Wall Street.
9: I'm Doug Miller from High on Wall Street with this week's cannabis stock report for Weed Talk News. MSO Cureleaf confirmed it's laying off employees in another round of layoffs. Cureleaf declined to comment further about the number of workers being let go or which locations are affected cure has definitely struggled this year the company reported losing 84 million dollars in revenue through the first six months of 2023 according to cure most recent quarterly filings so let's go ahead and look at the stock chart for cure last week when i discussed the stock it was trading around 370 and I said it had been dipping from the top. So I was watching for it to hit the bottom to see what it would do. Well, it's dipping like I mentioned, and it's trading around 304 now, and now I'm really watching to see what it does at the bottom. I'll be keeping my eye on this to see if it's gonna make that bounce. And that's this week's Cannabis Stock Report reporting for Weed Talk News. I'm Doug Miller.
0: Last week, we learned why California calls this time of year Croptober. Lavana Vasa gave us some insight on that and what nugs and buds will be flooding the market this year. Here's Lavana with our California cannabis report. I'm Lavana Vasa
10: from the Bay Sesh reporting for PCM with this week's California report for Weed Talk News. It's Croptober in California, just about at the end of the month. I've been reporting all month about it, and uh, the final plants are coming down. I'm here at a farm today to show you a little bit of that process. Yeah. This is inside of a greenhouse where all the plants have also been harvested. So what happens when you harvest the plants? Well, you cut them down, you remove the leaves and you hang them for the drying and curing period. As you can see here in the background, some these outdoor plants have already been cut down out of their pots on this uh, living fa- uh, soil organic farm. That's all I have time for today. I'm Lavana Vasa from The Bay Sash reporting for PCM for this week's California Report for Weed Talk News.
1: California has always been the center of the cannabis universe and the number one market. New York is supposed to challenge that in a few years, while Michigan already does. And now California is giving the East Coast another gift. It's Cheech and Chong's infused beverage line, and they will be launching it in Massachusetts in the next few weeks. Here's PCM founder Jimmy Young with the Bay State Cannabis Report, sponsored by CNA Stores.
0: I'm PCM founder Jimmy Young, and this is the Bay State Cannabis Report, sponsored by CNA Stores. Some Massachusetts cannabis leaders are joining the lawsuit against U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland over interstate commerce and the constitutionality of the Controlled Substances Act, Can Provisions of Lee, and Trivet, a cannabis dispensary delivery company in the Bay State, Wiseacre Farm of Massachusetts, also named, is multi-state operators, Verano Holdings, Ascend Wellness, Terrasen, Green Thumb Industries, Poseidon Investment Management, and Eminence Capital. The lawsuit was filed in western Massachusetts, and its premise is that the federal government does not have the right to enforce the Controlled Substances Act against legal, state-regulated cannabis operators. The CSA was challenged back in 2005 and was turned back by the Supreme Court. Now, with 38 states decriminalizing the plant and 23 embracing the adult use market, times might be right for this lawsuit to move forward. The battle between federal and state laws in relation to interstate commerce have been going on for decades. And it's been decades that Cheech and Chong have been synonymous with cannabis advocacy. Now their infused beverages will be sold and distributed by Torre Verde dispensaries with locations in Northampton, Watley, and Greenfield. That's the Bay State Cannabis Report sponsored by CNA Stores. For this week, I'm PCM founder Jimmy Young reporting for We Talk News. The Bay State Cannabis Report is sponsored by CNA Stores in Haverhill and Amesbury, now named as one of the top three dispensaries on the New England coast by USA Today and the only one from Massachusetts. Why? One reason is their bar in Amesbury and Haverhill. Its selection is second to none. Parking is easy, and this veteran-owned, family-operated retail store is now growing their own flower in a state-of-the-art facility. That's why CNA Stores is a destination dispensary.
1: One of the newest adult-use markets in the U.S. is Connecticut. They started adult-use sales on January 10th of this year, and the growth has been slow and steady. But recently, sales totals have not reached goals set from the month prior. In our Connecticut report this week, Angie Seifert tries to explain this oddity. I'm Angie
11: Seifert from Skip Intro Advisors with the Connecticut Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Bridgeport, Connecticut, has agreed to pay a settlement to a former police officer who claimed he was wrongfully suspended for being a medical cannabis user. The settlement for Donald Benzie came as the case was about to go to trial on Tuesday. The case has pitted the state's legalization of cannabis against federal law, which prohibits carrying a firearm while being a cannabis consumer. Back up. In June 2012, the State General Assembly enacted a law making it illegal for an employer to fire an employee for consuming cannabis who is authorized by the state to do so for medical purposes. Yet in 2018, the Police Chief Amarado Perez issued a department-wide memo stating, regardless of what Connecticut legislation has done to legalize the use and possession of cannabis for medical purposes, All department personnel are still prohibited from using or possessing cannabis and will be subject to discipline up to and including determination. Next, Connecticut may increase the purchase limit on adult use cannabis as more dispensaries are expected to open. Yet the Department of Consumer Protection Commissioner Brian Caparelli did not say by how much or when. There are a hundred more cannabis businesses getting ready to open. And adult-use customers are limited to purchasing no more than a quarter-ounce flour or the equivalent at any one time. Medical cannabis patients may purchase up to five ounces in a month. Finally, flour sales in Connecticut fell from 54% of total product sales to a very consistent 52% of sales as the year has progressed. Which strongly suggests that the state is in fact not meeting demand in terms of both Diversity and quality of flour. At times, the selection of flour may be available for sale is so limited and such questionable quality that alternatives are to drive up to Massachusetts or homegrown. And it should also be noted that cannabis in Connecticut is expensive relative to many other markets. That's the Connecticut Cannabis Report for this week. I'm Angie Seifert from Skip Intro Advisors reporting for Weed Talk News.
0: We've got breaking news for weed lovers everywhere, and it's specifically for the superstars of the cannabis world, the growers. Two meat and cheese experts in Vermont have revolutionized the dry and curing process of harvesting flour. Remember, this is a living plant, and part of the process, once you harvest the plant, you have to invert it and dry it so all those magical cannabinoids can reach their maximum potency in the buds of this flower. Now back to Vermont and Canatrol. That's where David and Jane Sandelman have been curing and drying meats and cheeses for years. Now they're applying their years of experience to the cannabis space and they are blowing up the market. So we turned the whole thing upside down. We created the perfect environment. You put the flour in, and then it dries to the perfect moisture content and now it's curing you don't have to move it out of the space you don't have to guess when it's ready or not and it just comes out amazing sticky bud and we said will this work for cannabis so we built a small unit which is now our home unit when did you do this Uh, the small unit probably about three years ago was the first prototype and we gave it to a grower and he said this is the most amazing flower i've ever produced and then we thought we were on to something. If you want to find out more about Canatrol and this revolutionary process for drying and curing so you get the most out of your plant harvest, contact them at info at And finally tonight, a recent survey of just over 1,000 people from legal states by health and wellness solutions company, EO Care, reports that over 65% of those participants said they would use cannabis under a clinician's guidance for anxiety, sleep deprivation, and chronic pain. Here are some of the other findings. 18% of the respondents use cannabis for health reasons in the past year, 19% have used it recreationally, and 14% have used it for both purposes. Now, the CEO of EO Care looked at the results And said, as a result, we have tens of millions of Americans using cannabis for health reasons without guidance on specific product recommendations, dosage amounts, and or possible drug interactions or consideration of their own health history. This is why education of our health community is so important. Perhaps the most significant development of the last few weeks is the fact that American Nurses Association has approved cannabis science as a field of study. Now, how about the doctors out there? We still have a long way to go to accomplish that. And it's why we say it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. For Karen Black, I'm Jimmy Young. Thanks for watching. This week's We Talk News, Elena Pinto, will be back next week. I'm marketing these, and yes, I'm pitching to you. That's Steve Levine, the inventor and principal behind the one hit Wonder, And this little efficient device is getting rave reviews. And there's more uses than just a one hit Wonder. The one hit Wonder, you get a 50 milligram hit. So if you used a One-Hitter or dugout before, you know the challenges. Steve's one hit Wonder is easy to clean, use and enjoy. Standard One-Hitters do not work, we're afraid to inhale. The one hit Wonder has a built-in ash catcher. So inhale like it's your last breath. Suck the ash right through. Get it at onehitwonda.com.